Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogomilis, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me remotely, as per usual, is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? So you remember last time we recorded and I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen a single cicada. That was... <laughs> Yeah, that was a mistake. It was like five minutes later, suddenly there's like 75 million cicadas. I'm really hoping, and I am sure that our sound editor is also hoping, that my mic is not picking up the phaser-like drone that I can hear in my bedroom from the swarm of cicadas that are living very violent lives in the parking lot um let me tell you like it literally sounds because i'm out in the suburbs with like you know small forest sections and literally the sound from the cusp of trees across the street sounds like a, a, a small ufo has parked and left its warp drive running i really i saw somebody on twitter compare it to like the old school phasers from the original star trek yeah that's a good one and now i just like cannot unhear it it's what it sounds like yep for any of you who listen in a place where brood brood 10 is that what they are i think of them as brood x i know that's what i've been saying in my that's like generation x yeah that's what i've been saying oh that works i've been saying brood x in my head but greg told me it's actually brood 10 it it (laughs) technically is because it's brood x but it's brood x in my brain and that's that it's it's whatever they suck um although i will say that hammersmith in count because we live on the sixth floor of our our building and so mercifully at least like it it takes them some effort to like get up to where we are but one of them made it up to the balcony the other day and um hammer was very excited about it we had one land on the window screen in my in our bedroom and literally charlotte was glued to the window on the other side of the glass for like an hour she was just she just she just kept trying to figure out how was she gonna get at this thing that was sitting there they're so big and slow and dumb (laughs) they are they're like the cows of the bug world I mean, they're really, although Baker, Bakerloo didn't, um, we will talk about something other than our pets in a minute, I promise. But Bakerloo did not, um, he was not as excited about the cicada on the balcony as Hammer was. Uh, he was more interested in the birds that are, there are so, it is like a Hitchcock movie outside of our building because there's just cicadas in, in, so much food. Yeah. yeah. There, and there's just like various pieces of their bodies like laying all around. It's really <laughs> gross, honestly. Um, the thing is, Charlotte is our family hunter. She is the one who will literally take down flies and eat them in our, if they get in the house. Um, she has already killed a couple of um, of crickets. Um, so, yeah, she, she's a she, she's big. She's big into bugs. No, I grew up in the country, so my cats would uh, my cats were all outdoor cats when I was a kid, and they would often bring us headless animals to the front door, which is truly for those of you who are not cat people, it is a sign of affection, <laughs> but also it's extremely disgusting. All right, so what are we talking about other than our adorable cats? <laughs> this sh- this topic of this week's episode is Bakerloo and Hammersmith. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, actually, this week we are. Is this our last big deep dive that we need to do? It's either our last or 
Greg's favorite word, our penultimate one. We're getting pretty close to having covered most of the streamers. Um, I think at this point we are down to this one and Amazon. We basically have two left. Um, no, actually, I'm. I'm no, I thought we no, we did an Amazon one because I know I went on about the great for some time. Um, oh no, AMC. Excuse me, not Amazon. Oh right, 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 right. There's so many now. This week's this week's episode, however, will not be about any of those things. It will instead be about. Oh gosh, this is. Uh, it's going to be a bunch of explaining. It will be about HBO Max, which is not the same thing as regular HBO, but also sort of is. Yeah. So Yeah, just just prepare yourselves. I hope you all heard that very deep breath that she just took <laughs> in to go off on the uh, long explainer of this situation. So, okay. so strap in. HBO used to be owned. Okay, so HBO is owned by Warner Media. <laughs> and AT- Truly, this just sounds like I was like sitting in class and you're just like going to go. So AT&T bought out Warner Media in a merger just before the Trump administration began. And it took several years because Trump had this thing against CNN and did not want Warner Media to basically merge or did not want AT&T to basically own Warner Media, which CNN is a part of because it's part of Turner Networks. And basically, like this became like a whole thing. And it took several years for the merger actually to be approved in that time. HBO had launched something called HBO Go and HBO Now. HBO Go was basically in the same vein that Hulu was sort of how you watch broadcast without having like broadcast TV. HBO Go was basically how you watched HBO if you didn't happen to be by a TV. You could watch via your laptop. Nope, I am going to correct you. It's the other way around. Is it the other way around? Yeah. HBO Go was what you had if you had (laughs) HBO and you wanted to take it on the go and hbo now was if you did not have an hbo subscription and you did it through the app on your ipad okay so we have these i only know this because we had it okay so as you can see we are already having a confusing thing with hbo um (laughs) plus you know turner is doing its own thing with streaming doing turner classic movies as its own streaming service um warner owns uh the dc comics and it had made a dc universe streaming service basically the idea was to do a ton of little streaming services and nickel and dime you you know to sort of get whatever your niche was you would sign up for that you wouldn't spend very much for each one but that way like you wouldn't feel like you were spending all that much so then AT&T's merger finally ends and they get they get a hold of Warner Media and the first thing they do is say, "Well, no, Netflix and Disney have big consolidated ones. We're going to cancel all of those and we're going to make one big one called HBO Max." And this was a problem. I need to I need to have a sit down with their marketing department. No, like honestly, like, because this is just really like poor the poor naming conventions. Absolutely. Um are a problem. One of the things that has become very obvious in streaming is that naming something after the, your most well-known TV network, even if it is something that is sort of like, you know, the the high-end HBO, it does not read. There's a reason that CBS All Access rechristened itself to paramount plus because there is a ton of stuff on hbo max that has nothing to do with hbo yes and 
when um in the in, when HBO Max was initially rolled out to investors, the shocking thing at the conference is that afterwards all the investors began raising their hands and said, "So how do we differentiate HBO Max from HBO Go and HBO Now?" And all the people on stage just stood, sat there dumbfounded like, "Why is this a question?" Like literally they had not considered that someone would not know the difference between HBO Now, HBO Go and HBO Max, and that someone who who paid for HBO Now separately wouldn't immediately want to roll to HBO Max because they'd be getting literally so much more for the same price. And that someone who already used HBO Go wouldn't want to upgrade to HBO Max because they'd get so much more when they did. Like, it just did not occur to them this was a thing they had to sell. And of course, this is a thing you have to sell. So when... And it also didn't really help that the way that you could access it was extremely confusing. Because if you're an HBO subscriber, you get HBO Max. Yes, free. Um, I have HBO... And it took me a good three weeks to figure out if I was eligible for HBO Max or not. I still tell people I, a year in this. OK, it launched literally a year ago. I'm still telling people a year in. Wait, you have HBO and cable. You know, you can just go to your laptop and open it and get HBO Max for free. Right. You know that that's a thing that comes with your subscription now. And they look at me like, really? People don't. No, they have no idea. It's because they named it wrong. If they called it something else, it would have been easier. Yeah. If they called it Warner Media Max or Warner Media Plus, it would have given people the sense that it has sort of this whole, you know, it has all the Turner stuff. It has all the Cartoon Network stuff. It has all the CNN documentaries. It has all of Studio Ghibli here in the United States. Um, Ghibli is owned by... It has all It has all of the now defunct DC Universe's superhero shows, which we all know is my brand, but they're very good, but they're just hidden yeah. on and the HBO Max shelf it has everything from the turner classic movies nobody seems to i mean and the thing about warner is that warner brothers own i mean it's got every looney tune it's got every flintstones it's got all the jetsons i mean there is a massive treasure trove hidden in this streamer that people think oh well i missed mare of easttown so i guess i'll fire up hbo max and get it and that's all they really think that it is like they don't understand that it's not just the way to watch HBO. Like it is that too, but it's so much more than that. And that's ex- And then and then there's the other layer of things that HBO Max also has another tier of programming which is an HBO Max original, yes. which is basically an HBO show that does not actually air on HBO. It only lives on the streaming platform. And that was originally not meant to be that way. It was very much meant that HBO Max would have a different flavor than HBO. But because the rollout was such a disaster last May when this happened, because also remember the pandemic happened. And so like suddenly like all of the things that they were supposed to film and sort of have at launch, like the Friends reunion suddenly were put on hold. Um, So there was sort of a that glitch didn't help either. Um, And so like they basically... Um, basically instead of getting like um, they they realized they'd sort of screwed this up so they took HBO Max and HBO and they put them under the guy his name is Casey Bloys who runs HBO and he now runs both both uh, both spheres of programming. So if you have one guy who's doing both, of course they're going to feel very much like the same kind of thing because it's basically the same guy doing both. So why isn't it just HBO and HBO Max mixed together? And that's the thing is that by the time this this first year is over, the you know we said we said at the top HBO and HBO Max are different, and they are supposed to be. 
but they're really not at this point. Like it's it, if you have a show on HBO Max, it's just a show that didn't air on HBO. And a lot of stuff. And honestly, there is some great stuff that mm-hmm. never that's that's an I'm making air quotes HBO Max original that wasn't on HBO. Most of it, which is the kind of thing that's going to be of interest to our audience. Yes. Um, um, one of the reasons is, is that one of the things HBO Max did do correctly uh, ahead of time is that they recognized that one trick that Netflix was doing was that it was supplementing its American programming with UK shows and that, you know, basically like Netflix kind of has like this whole like world of BBC Two home and garden programming that helps booster like all of all of what it does. And it has like bodyguard, etc. Um, so basically HBO Max, uh, one of the things it did prior to launch was it started making deals with the BBC, with Channel 4, etc, etc, to bring over like British programming. It got the entire BBC America library and basically has the second run rights to all of that. So it has all of your Doctor Who. It has all of your Luther. Yeah. Surprise. Did yeah. you know that Doctor Who is on HBO Max? This is honestly, I just buy all the Doctor Who seasons because I can't keep up with where it moves in streaming. But its current streaming home is HBO Max. Yeah. Um, and For New Who. Classic Who's on Box. That's correct. Um, but... It, the fact is, is that like it. Re- so when it first, uh, when HBO Max first uh, debuted, it actually did have several pieces of British programming that people might like. Trigonometry, for instance, which was a BBC Two kind of like comedy drama romance thing. Um, it had Ghosts, which is sort of a spinoff of Horrible Histories. They're making an American version of Ghosts this fall on CBS, and I would just really like to encourage everyone to watch the British one instead. Yeah. Um, there's uh, Staff Let's Flats, which is sort of this terrible... I, I dislike it a lot. Um, but it, 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 is a, it is a comedy that, like, I, I know people who love it. Um, I just happen to be one of those that don't because I'm not a person who's into uncomfortable humor. Um, and since then, they've also rolled out other British titles, um, some of which are fascinating. Um, the Murders at White House Farm, for instance, uh, came out last... Yeah, Janet, Janet loved that one. She reviewed it for us. Uh, it, it came out last September. I'm amazed. You Have you watched it? You love true crime. I have not watched it because peak TV is vast. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here like bouncing, ready to talk about my favorite thing that's on HBO Max. So get through White House Farm. Okay. So white, the, the murder. Okay. So the White House Farm murders are uh, uh, happened back in like the 1980s. And it, at first uh, it was a, it was a couple, their names were Neville and June Bamber, who was shot and killed in, in their farmhouse. And it looked like their daughter, Sheila, um, had sort of, she, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia and it looked like a sort of a murder suicide that she had shot them and then killed herself. But uh, weeks after the murder, um, it turned out that it was actually their adopted son, Jeremy Bamber, who had actually committed the crime. Unfortunately, oh, I love Jeremy Bamber. Oh, wait, Jeremy or Jamie? No, no, Jeremy Bamber, not Jamie oh, Bamber. Oh, shoot. I thought it was Jamie Bamber. Never mind. I don't no, know no. this man. Um, Sorry so- to this man. <laughs> um, so basically, the thing is, is that Jeremy has protested his innocence like the whole time. And this is and, and he has gone back to court over and over again, trying to basically like get the verdict overturned. And this has become a famous case, partly because of this, because there are people who really believe that Jeremy didn't do it. Um, 
See, I don't think I knew this was true crime. I think I just thought this is another murder mystery. No, this no. This sounds very my lane. This is very your lane. I'm really startled you haven't watched it, and I very much would encourage you to watch it. I think you would love it. Um, it is a reenactment of the true crime, for the record. It is not actually like a documentary. It's a it's a it's a docudrama, I guess is a better way of putting it. Um, but I I I feel like this is totally the kind of thing that you would love. And um, it's a let's see, it has a bunch of people from game of thrones in it too um mark addy gemma whelan um uh alfie allen um yeah there's just, this is has a ton of people who uh, freddie fox um who is the younger brother of i think younger brother of of youngest brother of the foxes or maybe a, a cousin um uh, uh, most people will know the foxes from uh, the, the the fox brother actors from uh shows like uh, uh lewis i think it's lawrence fox who's uh the 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 actor in there um but yeah you i i highly recommend this to everybody i think it's a great show and yeah um but that's not the only one there's also um and i think this is probably the one you were getting ready for was i hate Susie. yes <laughs> oh my gosh i hate Susie is so good it's so weird it's honestly i think the sort of risky television that hbo max should be like doubling down on it's so weird and so like uncomfortable but so so great it stars billy piper who most of you will probably know from Doctor Who. Uh, but she's done a bunch of stuff since then, including a really great turn on Penny Dreadful, if anyone missed it. But anyway, I Hate Susie is basically... The premise is that she's playing a C-list, uh, like a C-list actress whose name is Susie Pickles, and she accidentally like leaks a explicit... She, she, there's, a, there's a celebrity hack. I'm sure you guys probably remember a few years ago when it affected like Jennifer Lawrence and a bunch of famous people who got like, their, their nudes hacked from the cloud, basically. So that's ba- pretty much the setup for this is like an explicit photograph of Susie gets leaked to the internet, and the explicit photograph reveals that she is having an affair with a man who is not her husband. And this comes out right as she has just like landed uh, a like a Disney villain role. <laughs> so it's this story of like her life collapsing in the wake of all of this and like how she deals with it. And each episode is sort of set up to mirror like a stage of grief as she processes through all of this. And it's really it's actually a, it's, it's stages of trauma, the eight stages of trauma rather than the five stages of grief. But they actually overlap like there's bargaining and there's and there's anger and acceptance, etc. Like denial is one of them. And each each episode has like a little different like uh, like genre flavor to it. One very much feels like a horror. One very much feels kind of like rom com One feels, you know, very straight drama. It's. She is Billy Piper is incredible in this. If you just don't think she can act because you've only seen her be Rose on Doctor Who, like this is revelatory, to be honest. And it's just really one of the smartest and weirdest things I have seen in the past year. And I am positive almost no one has seen it because nobody knows what HBO Max is or that HBO Max has original programming. <laughs> yeah. It's actually done in collaboration with the um the same woman who did Secret Diary of a Call Girl with her. Um and that that's who wrote it. It's a Lucy Preble is the is the woman who uh, who did Secret Diary and who is I think maybe also a Succession writer. Maybe? I think she maybe. Um yeah, but Preble basically wrote like all eight episodes. Like and um basically I, the thing I really love about I Hate Susie is that each one feels like like a mini film. Mm-hmm. Like it really does feel like um, in in the same way that we had the the sort of like five movies as a television show over on Amazon um, last year. This 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 also what, sort of small acts. Yeah, small acts. Is what she's talking about. Um, we this feels like a, a more cohesive 
Like it, it's it, it's definitely a show and it's definitely telling one story, but each one feels like you could just watch that and you have seen a complete thing. Like you don't, you wouldn't have to, you will want to, trust me, but you don't have to actually watch all eight episodes to sort of, um, you to sort of get like what they're doing here. And, you know, it's and one just, of the things I love about it is it's really unafraid to like let her character be terrible. Oh yes, that too. Like a genuinely just terrible, awful person. You will hate Susie. It's fine. But whose story, <laughs> but whose story is, really like still has value even though she's horrible mm-hmm. like very infrequently do you see shows that are really fully willing to lean into like especially a female protagonist that's that's just so like she's just terrible she's not a good person she has flashes of being a decent person but she's just mostly selfish and horrible yeah. but the show doesn't like the show doesn't judge her either way like it doesn't celebrate her for being terrible and it doesn't disparage her for being terrible either like it's just this is her story and this is what it is i i find it fascinating because we when it comes to female anti-heroes on television um a lot of times there's a lot of apologizing for them when you when when a show basically tries to give you somebody they they know you aren't gonna like and i i have found that it is very fascinating to basically have a show where no one is apologizing for the fact that you don't like Susie. like I the the title even like Susie Susie hates Susie yeah like it's really just it's really not something you see a lot and I I only am thinking about that I've been thinking about this more the past couple of days because I just wrote a piece about the FX show called Damages which I love and has a really great performance by Glenn Close as this character who is just awful she's an awful person and you can't stop watching her because she's just like it's such a good part and it's such a good performance but it's kind of the same thing like the show doesn't the show doesn't ask you to to uh like the show doesn't apologize for her and it doesn't ask you to feel bad for liking watching her story it doesn't judge her is really maybe what i mean by that and it's like it's 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 wild that now that we're in this like golden age of TV that that's still so rare for female characters. Yeah. And that and that even with I Hate Tuesday being one of one of the best things I saw in 2020, um, that HBO didn't actually have the nerve to bring it over as a show for itself, that in the end it was sort of put on HBO Max as a, you know, it, we don't i mean, I mean I, not for nothing but there's a reason hacks isn't on air either right i'm mad about that because hacks is freaking great um there is it's a not level, british but it's great there is a level where hbo has let, let let's call it a brand with a capital b and it is in a way sort of frantically trying to protect that brand from being you know uh, basically like I don't know, like diluted by HBO Max because there is such a confusion between the two, especially at the beginning. Like HBO Max, when it first debuted, one of the things it had was like these a great reality show called Legendary, which is basically like Project Runway, but for ballroom. And like that's the kind of show that like HBO would never put on because they don't put on those kinds of reality shows. Wait, like ballroom, like strictly ballroom no. or ballroom like Pose? Pose. Ooh. Oh, Legendary's great. Oh my god. Season 2 just came out. It is it is a fantastic competition show. Um but okay, that's the thing. This is a show that was literally one of their launch shows and you don't even know about it. Like <laughs> 
I, I, the marketing for HBO Max is so frustrating. And Legendary is the kind of show that HBO would never touch because it would never want to do that kind of reality show because that would dilute its brand. Um, and I hate Susie for all that I think it is one of the greatest shows that, I've, that I saw last year. I understood immediately upon watching that first episode why this was on HBO Max and not HBO. And that's incredibly frustrating because... I, I think this is one of the things where these two do need to merge in a way that if you're going to call it HBO Max, you're not going to change the name. You have to just accept that the things you put on one belong on the other. And if they don't belong on one, they don't belong on the other. And personally, I think Legendary totally would belong on HBO, but I understand why it doesn't quote unquote fit their brand. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, oh, oh, of course. Um, my personal favorite thing that HBO Max did, um, as speaking of reality shows, is that it it looked at Oh, is this your this is your sewing yeah. thing, isn't it? Um so Or no oh no, your pottery thing. Yes. So HBO Max looked at Netflix and saw that it had the Great British Bake Off and it said, well, we need to go have a Great British Bake Off. Luckily, there are two spinoffs of the Great British Bake Off that exist over in the UK that have not been brought over here. It brought over the weirder one, the Great Pottery Throwdown. Um, I love the Great Pottery Throwdown. It shouldn't work. And I will say this every time. It shouldn't work. And yet it does. Um, and that's partly because, you know, the thing about baking and the other spinoff, which is the great, the great British Sewing Bee, is that these are crafts that sort of fit within a time limit and can be treated as a timed exercise for competition. Like you can sit down and you can make a shirt in X amount of hours. You can sit down and you can make an outfit in you know, you can work on your 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 pattern pieces over the course of a week and then come in on a Sunday and spend all day putting your out and building your outfit, putting it on a model and having the model walk. Right. Like, honestly, like that's the same thing that happens over on Project Runway. Like people make an outfit in a day. Um, pottery doesn't work that way. There are drying spells that need to happen that take like 24 to 48 hours depending on the size of your piece there are you know there are first firings and second firings like and then things have to cool down and things could explode like it, this is not a, a a craft that fits the timed exercise routine of a weekly competition series and mm -hmm. so when it first came out, I said, how the hell will this work? Well, it doesn't. Um, except it does, because they just sort of make it work. And yes, there are times when people's projects just explode and they basically have to hand in a thing of shattered pieces. Um, and that happens. Um, and they just roll with it. Um, and part of, the, part of the key is that they, one of the key reasons that I feel like The Great Pottery Throwdown works is Keith Brimer Jones, who is sort of, when, when you see him, you, you look at him and go, oh my God, it's, it, it's the Paul of pottery. Except he's not actually the Paul of pottery. He is the nicest, like most loving human being. He, he wants all of these people to succeed with the bottom of his heart. When they fire something beautiful and it comes out looking great, he bursts into tears because he's so happy for them. Like he is just, he, he is a, he is, he is everything you want in like the softy judge, except that he doesn't look like he's going to be the softy judge. Um, part of the problem is that they've had trouble sort of 
finding a, a, a quote unquote Mary Berry figure to sort of pair with him over the years. Great Pottery Throwdown is now on season four. In the first three seasons, you see him sort of go through. He has a he has a an, the different experts he's been paired with are people like like Kate Malone is one of them, um, who is a, a she does she's a famous potter in England. Um, this. For this this latest season, they took the guy who is sort of the the silent partner to all of the potters who's been doing all the firing for him. They they refer to him as Kiln Man Rich um, in the first three seasons, and they promoted him to judge. And he and Keith are really they they work so well together. And in the same way, they they changed out the uh, the host. The new host is uh, Siobhan McSweeney, who uh, many of you will know from Derry Girls, and she is just she is a kraken host like she's so great at hosting and i feel like i've really sort of watched this show come into its own over the course of the years it's been on tv um because i used to it used to be like you used to be able to find the episodes on youtube before it like went to hbo and now it's now it's on hbo max and i very highly recommend it to anyone who loves the great british bake-off to give this a try and even if it doesn't seem to catch you on the first one because it seems so odd just just give it a couple episodes trust me she has been going on about this for a very long time. I am going to get the entire world to watch the show. I will admit that I haven't watched it because I don't fully understand how pottery is made in the first place, but eh, maybe the next time I have a sick day or something. We'll see. What else? What else should we talk about? Um, on HBO Max, the platform. There are tons. I, it's just, it's so hard to like even really describe this platform to y'all because this is a platform that includes like, Chernobyl and Pretty Little Liars. So when I say that there is a breadth of content here, I'm not kidding. Well, I think I, I one of the other things that I would love to point out that will be coming, it has it's not actually here yet, but it will be coming this summer to HBO Max is Wellington Paranormal. Now that's technically New Zealand. Um wait, what okay, I did is that the 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 is that the one that's connected to what we do in the shadows? Yes, what we do. Okay, so the original "What We Do in the Shadows" was a New Zealand mockumentary comedy horror television uh, comedy horror uh, movie um, that starred uh, 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 ta- ta- Taika Waititi, um, and uh, basically, like before he got famous doing like you know the Marvel movies and so forth. Um, this was basically like what put him on the map, and. Uh, the movie was so popular they made a tv series and then that tv series was then remade into an american tv series um and the american tv series is actually very popular um wellington paranormal is the new zealand spin-off of the new zealand version of the show um which is a it, it, it's kind of this weird sort of new zealand police show but also set in a world where like you know random monsters sort of live and there's like a whole paranormal unit so it's a little bit comedy x-files it's a it's a little bit like brooklyn 99 but new zealand cops um and also science fiction like it's just the weirdest little show and basically uh hbo max will be bringing it over this summer um as, as, as to sort of help fill out their 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 offerings and i i very much would i i personally i love um 
I, I, I love what we do in the shadows. Um, I, I watched. The- I haven't actually seen the movie, but I've watched the FX show, which is surprisingly hilarious. Yes. The, the, the FX show is the American version. You should take that and watch that. And then because that gives you enough of what the New Zealand, it sort of it sort of ties itself to the New Zealand show enough that you sort of know what what where this is coming from. And that will sort of give you enough to sort of get into Wellington Paranormal. And I highly recommend that. Um. You know, honestly, like, the thing is, though, is that, as you noted, we have shows like Chernobyl. The other thing about HBO Max is it does have all of the HBO catalog. And so it has a lot of British television shows that were basically brought over here by HBO. And that, you know, that includes everything from, like, those 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 terrible strike mysteries oh yeah by from from rolling um because cinemax or what used to be cinemax is also owned by warner yeah basically cinemax is where hbo used to send things it wouldn't it felt would dilute its brand and now they send them to hbo max and so yeah strike got zero publicity when it when it got the new season on hbo max but it does exist and it is there um i did not know they had more than one season so i've learned something today (laughs) Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, and then there's just like the normal stuff that you get on HBO that we talk about all the time that we love. Um, like, um, I'm blanking on the name. I freaking recap the show for us. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) Do you have any memories of it Um, at all? (laughs) We talked about it last December. God it. Um, 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 um. I will... (sighs) I don't know. Annie's dying. Um, <laughs> His Dark Materials. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It That's has right. all, of, of course, both seasons. Because His Dark Materials is on HBO, it goes to HBO Max. And, you know, even like the sort of weird stuff like The Nevers. We talked about The Nevers recently. Um, the Nevers is all now on HBO Max for whatever the heck it's worth. I mean, I mean, I... Yeah. I mean, we don't have time to talk about this, but the finale of the Nevers was wild and has made me like really want to see more of it for what that's worth. I have opened up my list on <laughs> HBO Max so that I can participate in this things, the random things I have put on my favorites list. Um, it also has like, I mean, there's also just a lot of movies and stuff that you can watch all the time. The new Emma is on there. Um, another weird original that I didn't watch, but I sort of paid attention to from a distance because it was kind of an interesting train wreck is the show called the third day oh which was supposed to before the i actually think the pandemic kind of helped them dodge a bullet with this because the original sort of promotional plan for this was really weird started like jude law and um naomi watts i think and part of it was going to air in the spring and then they were going to air another part of it like live in the winter or something i don't know it was really weird and confusing and now i think it's just a normal like kind of conspiracy-esque drama that you can just watch um okay Uh, also janet enjoyed the trial of christine keeler which i know got no promotion when it came here but was apparently quite good um just to pop back to the third day what it actually was supposed to be is that it was it was summer um it was summer winter and fall and each one is sort of a separate show. And one of them was a live show that was going to be done on stage at the National. Yeah, I just, I don't even. And of course that part got. I'm not mad. I'm not mad that we have yeah. 
not done that. And it's Naomi Harris, not Naomi Watts, who uh, who star. Nio- uh, basically, uh, Jude Law stars in some in stars in summer. Naomi Harris stars in winter. And it was fall. It was autumn that was supposed to be the twelve hour live event. Twelve human hours, like an immersive theater like thing that you basically went. Twelve in- human hours. I'm sorry, I saw Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet in a movie theater. <laughs> And that was only four hours and had an intermission. There is just legit no way. Yeah, I, I as you said, I think they dodged a bullet with that because summer was sort of okay, but also really freaking weird. And because you didn't get autumn, you went right to winter. That did, it just none of it made any sense. So it was fine. It was just sort of weird and, and didn't make 12 any twelve human hours. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. My mind is broken. So I'm going to change the subject. Guess what I just found in the HBO Max catalog, which I will be watching this afternoon because I haven't seen it yet. And that is the personal history of David Copperfield, which is finally on a streaming service that I can access. That is the Dev Patel kind of David Copperfield adaptation that's that's got a ton of people we all love, including Peter Capaldi. Um, and I haven't I haven't seen it yet, so I'm psyched now. Speaking of Dev Patel, um, how excited are you for the Green Knight? This has nothing to do with HBO Max, but I feel like <laughs> my time is here. My moment has arrived. For those of you who have talked to me for like five minutes, you probably know that I wrote my master's thesis on the Ga- on the Gowan poet. So I am capital R ready. <laughs> Okay, so um, that that will actually gives me a moment to sort of um, to sort of uh, pivot here, um, because this is the first year. This is the first anniversary of HBO Max. It's now been on the air for a year, and as I said earlier, um, when it finally did launch, it launched so badly that there was sort of this shuffle of the people who were running it, and they got a new CEO, and they got like, and the person who took over programming was the same guy as HBO, etc. Well, that guy is now out because somewhere in the depths of the pandemic, someone at AT AT&T decided that really this whole HBO Max thing, Warner Media thing wasn't really working. And so they decided to, they didn't sell it off, even though they only just bought it. Like they, they fought for three years to own it. They finally bought it. They launched HBO Max. And now they're like, you know, this isn't really working for us. So HB so basically Warner Media and HBO Max are being quote unquote unwound from AT&T and being put under the auspices of Discovery. Now for um our our non-American audiences Discovery is basically um, it's our, it's our, it's, 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 it's nothing but reality shows. And like when I say it's nothing but reality shows, it's things like, you know, uh, people hunting for gold in Alaska kind of shows, um, like uh, uh, crab, crab fishermen dramas. Um, and it also owns all of HGTV and all of Food Network. Oh, Deadliest Catch. That was, that was the one that I watched sometimes because it was just really wild. It's yeah. about fishermen. Yeah. And this is so basically the entirety of HBO Max and HBO and Warner Media and the DC Universe are all about to be run by a guy who basically does reality TV for a living. So this now, to be fair, Discovery Plus, which is their streaming service, does actually have something that stop putting plus on the end of things challenge. actually does have something our Anglophiles will care about. Like, it doesn't have enough that we would ever do an episode on it, but since it happens to be sort of taking over HBO Max, we should mention that. It has everything David Attenborough ever did. 
like all of the BBC World stuff, this is where you find it. If you've been wondering where the heck you can basically stream nothing but planet Earth for 24 hours straight and like happily fall asleep to David Attenborough telling you about birds, this is where it is. It's all on this. It's all on this one. <laughs> it's on this. It's the only thing that Anglophiles are going to care about on Discovery Plus, I promise you. But it is great and it is there. Um, To bring it back to my cats, Hammersmith really loves David Attenborough nature documentaries, especially the ones <laughs> about birds. <laughs> Um, Charlotte loves the ones about fish. She stands in front of the television and stares at the fish. Anyway, um, Blue Planet Forever. Um, my point is, is we that- just watched this the ice. It's not called Ice Planet, but it's basically Ice Planet. Frozen, oh, Frozen, Frozen Planet. Planet. That one's great. Um, so honestly, like. Everything you know about HBO Max may sort of change. And I don't mean in like the programming is going to change, but the marketing of it is going to change. And I'm really... That also may not mean anything. <laughs> it, may, it may not. But I do actually hope that this this sort of uh, this change in leadership... Um, because this is now Mark's like the third change in leadership since like HBO Max was first conceived. Um is it does something that helps people know what this this streaming service does um because right now like the biggest thing the streaming service has going forward is that the 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 regime that is on the way out decided back in december in the face of a pandemic that didn't seem to be ending was to put all of the 2021 uh warner brothers pictures movies to premiere on HBO Max at home for people who didn't feel safe going to the theaters. So things like uh, uh, the the latest one will be In the Heights, um, will be opening on HBO Max in June and also in theaters. Um, let's see. Uh, 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 the Probably one- the one most people heard of was Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Wonder Woman 1984 was the first one. It was sort of the, the it was sort of the launch of this. Um, I mean, since that's then, what they- I did on Christmas. Um, I watched... Uh, well, no, I didn't watch Bridgerton on Christmas. I rewatched Bridgerton on Christmas because I had already watched it several times. Anyway, um, point is, uh, um, um, they also have like uh, the Justice League and other stuff like that. Like it's sort of it, the thing is that HBO is sort of made HBO Max is sort of made up ground by putting these very high profile movies on their uh, on their streaming service uh, same day releases to get people to watch HBO Max um but that's going to end i think um there's already rumors that dune which comes out in the fall is not going to go to HBO Max it's just going to open in theaters and probably like whatever christmas movies there are may also do the same um but i do think i do think one thing that's worth mentioning about this cuz i know ostensibly we're doing this this deep dive series to tell people like what they should maybe subscribe to if they're interested in anglophile and anglophile adjacent content yeah i gotta tell you hbo max is a great deal like it's a little expensive when it comes to streaming services it's on the pricier end of the dial if you will but it's library simply because warner owns all of these things is massive i mean the fact that we the fact that it has uh, there is so much stuff Like, so much stuff. The fact that it has Turner Classic movies means that we have movies that go all the way back to, like, the silent era and, like, the 1920s. And having, you know, Warner Brothers pictures of, like, today, plus all of Warner Television, which has been going for years. You know, Looney Tunes is only, like, the, you know, Looney Tunes started as, like, shorts in the theater, but then it became Warner Brothers Television and actual, like, TV shows. Um, Friends is a Warner Brothers TV show, and it also exists there if you are a person who loves Friends. 
friends. I am not a person who loves friends. Um, please don't, please don't write us hate mail. Um, uh-huh. I, I, I honestly like, and then of course, as there, there are things that are not like British that I that are just great television shows like Hacks as you mentioned earlier like this is so good the Jean Smartessence is like the it, it makes me so happy it um, gives me such joy she she I was she was great in Watchmen Watchmen is another one that's on designing a- women forever yeah, she she uh, Watchmen was an HBO show that we've sort of like mentioned here and there that is on HBO Max. Um, she's in Mayor of Easttown, which I believe we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, um, which is just fantastic. Kate Winslet is just plus like if for whatever reason you didn't have HBO back when like HBO first started premiering all these huge dramas like I've been watching Rome again. Rome is wonderful. Rome was wonderful. Carnival is one of my all-time favorite fantasy shows, and I will go to my grave being angry that it got canceled after two seasons because it's incredibly just everything. And it's just, I mean, there's just so, like, The Wire, Soprano, like, all of the stuff that, like, when people talk about, like, the golden age of TV drama, like, half of that stuff is from HBO, and it's all on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I would say that, like, if... If I didn't, if I wasn't a person who had to basically own all of the streaming services in order to basically do my job in life, I would have HBO Max anyway. Like, it's just... Yeah, me too. Like, I, I might get rid of Netflix. I might get rid of, you know... I would not get rid of Netflix. Um, I, 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 I would have Disney Plus because, of course, I would because I'm that kind of dork. But honestly, like, HBO Max would probably be, like, my my, my prime... Uh, streaming service it is like it's a little annoying because like i said it is i think i think it's the most expensive streamer yes it's it's 14.95 it's 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 a little hefty when you look at it like next to disney plus or netflix which are like only netflix only netflix is the only one that is as expensive or if you get the 4k version more um i believe the 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 4k version of netflix is like 17.99 but everybody else like hbo max is basically the top of the line there everybody else is like 6.99 and under and even i just i mean i would say this anyway because i'm a doctor who person and this is where doctor who lives but it's just really like it's a like bang for your buck you get the most access here and one of the thi- one of the first things that the discovery people are doing is actually making it so there is a cheaper version. It will put ads not in the HBO programming, which is designed not to have ads, but other shows like uh, things like Doctor Who, which originally had ads, um, will get their ads base will get like small sections of ads put back in there, and that way you can get HBO Max for cheaper. And I believe it's nine ninety nine, and I believe that actually starts this this June. Um, I don't know if it starts June first or like. June 15th or whatever but it's starting like really soon so yeah I'm a big fan of HBO Max it has like all of my favorite things together which is nerdy British stuff really ponderous dramas and also superhero shows so it's everything for me and the David Copperfield movie which I didn't know was on there and I literally just found out and I'm going to watch (laughs) immediately um that is our show for today, yes. I think. So I can go watch that David Copperfield movie. Uh, Annie, tell the people where you live on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. Uh, you can find pictures of my adorable fluffy cats at Annie Bundle on Instagram. They are super fluffy. Um, let's see. I am a staff writer at Elite Daily where I've been covering Mayor of Easttown um, and, and screaming about... Uh, 
the the I will not actually tell you guys who did it if you haven't watched yet, but you should definitely watch because the ending is just a it just I I I watched Kate Winslet earn her Emmy nomination and it was beautiful. Um, let's see. Uh, I also uh, write for televisions.org. You may have heard of it. Um, I also am a freelancer around the web for places like NBC Think, where I've just uh, uh, reviewed Cruella. And yeah, so basically, if you just um, follow me on Twitter, I basically retweet all my bylines. And that's just the fastest way to know what I've written this week. So, okay. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> uh, I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. Uh, I also write at televisions.org and other places around the entertainment web. But I, too, retweet all my bylines, whether it is about British stuff or superheroes. And if you're interested, you can uh, click on all that stuff there. If you just want the cat photos, the boys are on Instagram at Baker and Hammer. You can see a, a picture of Hammer's first cicada meeting. It's pretty cute. And the site in the pod, if you're just here for the actual British stuff, exists on social media at Telly underscore Visions on Twitter and Televisions blog, all one word, on Facebook. Televisions is a product of WETA. And if you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org and click on the donate button up top to help us keep doing it and support public media at the same time. We are in cicada times. So <laughs> it's a really weird... I don't know. It's going to be a weird summer, guys, for like so many reasons. Some good, some really irritating, some slightly anxiety inducing. But uh, do what you can. Be gentle with yourselves. Be kind to your friends. Some people are throwing themselves back out into the world with an alac uh, alacrity that, uh, quite frankly, terrifies me. So some of us, i.e. me, will be doing things a little slower. And you know what? That is okay. Uh, if you have not yet been vaccinated, please, please, please find an appointment near you. Help your friends and relatives get vaccinated. Wear a mask if you feel uncomfortable, if you're in a business that requires it, or if you just want to. And take care of yourselves, and we'll be back next week. Bye.